Heavenly Father, we thank you again for your love for us. We thank you, Lord, for the incredible uh, plan of salvation that you have provided for us, Lord. We thank you for calling us as a people for such a time as this. Lord, please speak to us, uh, Lord, as, um, as I speak, Lord, may, may my words, may your words be my words, Lord. And um, Lord, if there's someone here who needs to submit and to give their life to you, I pray that this testimony will help them. In Jesus' precious name, we do pray. Amen. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. The Bible says there, if any man be what? In Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, what? All things are become new. How many of you find that promise precious? It is a precious promise. And that promise, I believe, has a, a very deep significance for my life because uh, I was, you know, you saw me 15 years ago, totally different person, totally different lifestyle. And yet when God came into my life, he made me a new creature. Amen? Um, when I, uh, some of your translations may actually say, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creation. And um, it's amazing when you begin to understand that, uh, you know, Peter Gregory was sharing today about um, learning how God works through studying the Bible. Remember that? And he talked about how, you know, just studying the, the book of Genesis and the first two chapters, you begin to see this pattern of how God works. And uh, as he was sharing that testimony, I was kind of shaking my head back there because I said, man, Peter doesn't even know what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> God does. <laughs> because God works a certain way. Amen? And, um, and so I remember as I was uh, looking at this, I, I came to, a, to a, um, you know, an amazing point. It was that, wow, God creates or God recreates us in the same way that he creates. How's that sound? God recreates. If any, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. He's a new creation. And the same God that created the world in six days and rested on the seventh is the same God who seeks to recreate us. Amen? Amen. And if we look at the pattern of how he created the world, we can find that same pattern in how he recreates us. So I'm going to share my testimony with you through the creation week. Is that okay? And as I'm sharing that with you, you're going to say, wait a minute, that fits me too. Because you'll find, in fact, let me just, let's just get there. So let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, and we'll begin with verse 1. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and what void and darkness was upon the face of the deep pause what was the condition of the world before god began his creative work it was empty without form 
and it was in darkness. Do you realize that that is a condition of every person before they come to Christ? Have you ever felt, man, I feel empty, void, darkness, without form? So I want to share with you that portion of my life. I was born in Jamaica. Not that Jamaica was an empty, void, dark place. <laughs> I just happened to be born in Jamaica. My parents were not Christian. They, weren't brought, they didn't bring my brother and I as, as Christians. So, you know, we lived a, a, a life. My parents were, they were, um, they were good people. You know, they, they tried to teach us good morals. But without going to church, you know, what it, it's kind of like, you know, you're your own standard. And so while uh, born in Jamaica in 1972, and uh, I was christened as a Catholic, and that was the extent of my, you know, religious experience as a baby. That was, you know, I was christened, and then that was it. We never went to church or did anything like that. As I look back at my life, and I look at how God uh, was there, even though I didn't know it, I can see. Have you ever looked back at your life, back at your life and said, man, that was God? That was God. I want to give you a couple examples. When I was about, I don't know, 10 months old, um, I was a, I was, uh, my mom decided to go to the beach, uh, her and my uncle. And so um, they, they went to the beach and a bunch of other people. And, you know, when I was a baby, I was a very fair-skinned baby. Like, I looked like I was white. And so um, my mom leaves me on the beach because she gets in the water. She thinks that my uncle's watching me. My uncle is in the water because he thinks my mom is watching me. So my mom's in the water, and something tells her to turn around. She turns around, and she sees my blanket disappearing in the horizon. She begins screaming. My uncle jumps up out the water. He takes off running. He catches this couple. They said they were taking me for a walk. It was a white couple. <laughs> I was like, Lord, what would they have done if they found out? So, so I look back, I say, wow, you know, those are those kind of instances where you see God working in your life, you know, before you even knew who he was. About the age of five, um, uh, my, my father was in the military, and, um, you know, he was always dealing with the drug lords in Jamaica, Rastafarians, you know. And so in the military, you know, he had four, he had all four, four of us, four sons. And, I, you know, my father would say, my, my sons will never have dreadlocks. <laughs> we'll talk about that a little bit later. <laughs> and so, you know, he hated th those drug lords and the drug lords because my father was, you know, pretty effective in, in, in arresting these people and that kind of thing. He hated my father. One night, um, they, one night my father was, out of, uh, was, out of, was, was not home. And my older brother, he was about maybe nine or ten at the time, and he was getting ready to go uh, outside, and it was getting dark. And before he got to the front door, he noticed that there were two men on either side of the door with guns in their hands. And they were holding guns. And so my brother, he, he's kind of like, 
he turns around, goes back to, to our mom and says, Mom, there's two men outside standing, with, uh, standing at either side of the door with guns. Well, what happens is that these guys had come to the house to basically execute our whole family. And we had uh, our neighbors on either side of us saw what was going on, and they had guns, and so there was this like big shootout. And our lives were spared. And again, I look back and I say, well, that had to be God protecting us when we didn't even know him. As a result of that incident, uh, my family, we, we decided to leave Jamaica and move to New York. And so we, uh, that happened in about 1978, 1979. Uh, our family moved to Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> <laughs> And, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and there in Brooklyn, New York, you know, coming from this small island, you know, to this big city with all these lights and everything, uh, you know, my brother and I were just like, like, whoa, what is this, you know? Now, let me share something with you. When, when I came to the United States, of anybody ever heard of Patois? You know what Patois is? Okay, Patois is kind of like broken, uh, it's broken English, okay? And, and when I came to the United States of America, my patois was so bad, like my older brother tells me that Jamaicans couldn't understand me. <laughs> okay, so, so when I went to class, when I went to school, and, you know, if I said anything, the kids would break out laughing. Like, seriously, you know, if we're in class and the teacher would say, um, you know, first of all, uh, on... on <laughs> On um, my, my worst day of school was always the first day of school. Because, you know, this is what, what would happen. The teacher would be behind the desk and, you know, you go doing roll call. Bob, here. Tony, here. Billy, here. Tommy, here. And then I'd see this. And I just sink down in my seat because I knew it was coming. Egghead? <laughs> it would just be butchered. All, and the kids would just break out laughing. So, so, you know, I had that. And then, you know, when it's time to read your grades, everyone had to stand up and say their grade. And I would just stand up and I wouldn't say anything. Because I knew that once I opened my mouth, the kids would laugh. So I developed this intense fear of speaking in front of people. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so my brother and I, we get to the United States of America, you know, where, where, where we, we are introduced to this thing called the called the hip-hop culture. Now, we're watching these kids like do all this weird stuff like spinning on their heads and break dancing and, you know, popping and this music we've never heard before. And we begin to realize quickly, if you want to make friends, start break dancing. And so we began to get involved in that because that was a real easy way to make friends. And so, you know, we kind of got deep into the culture and, you know, started like dressing like they, they, like they did. And, you know, my brother got into gymnastics and he became real popular and all those things. But this was, we were getting involved in the culture. Um, 
Growing up in New York City, you know, my parents still, we, we barely went to church. And, and my first religious experience comes at the age of 12 years old. At 12 years old, uh, it's, it, is, uh, it is Halloween night. And um, it, let, me, let me go back a little bit. Um, uh, it is, I'm, I'm 12 years old, and I have a cousin that is from England that comes over to the United States to spend the summer with us. It's my first time meeting this cousin. And she's about 13 or 14. I'm 12. My brother's 11. And, uh, you know, she's a real cool cousin. And she's into the Bible. Now, we were never into the Bible, but she just loved to talk about the Bible. So one day, we happen to be home alone. And she begins to talk to us about the Bible. But not just any part of the Bible. She begins to talk to us about the book of Revelation. She's like, I know what the mark of the beast is. Now, a little bit of background. The summer before, I just watched a movie about a little boy who discovered that he was the Antichrist. And anyone who found out his identity died these horrendous, excruciating, painful deaths. (laughs) So my cousin's sitting there telling me, I know what the mark of the beast is. Do you want to know? And I'm like, yes. Now, I don't know how yes came out, but like, I'm like, why is she talking about this? My parents are not home. Doesn't she know what's going to happen? <laughs> We're going to die. We're all going to die. <laughs> and so she's like, she's like, okay, well, there are certain soap companies. That produce soap. And on their soapboxes is a sign. It's a sign of a half moon with a man's face in it. That is the mark of the beast. Anybody ever heard that? Procter and Gamble. Now, I didn't know this stuff. I'm just like, she knows what the mark of the beast is. And then she's like, do you have a soapbox in your house? Yes. Where is it? In the basement. (laughs) She's like, let's go. My brother and I are looking at each other like, we're walking down the creaky steps, and I promise you, it's like I heard the horror music in the background. (laughs) We get down to the basement, and I'm like, there's the box. <laughs> My brother and I stop. She continues to walk forward. She picks up the box. She turns it. She turns it. And then she says, there it is. <laughs> My brother and I take a step forward. We look. We see the half moon with the man's face in it. We turn around. We run out the house screaming. We're in the streets in our pajamas because now we are about to die excruciating, painful, mysterious deaths. After about three days and nothing happened, I was like, wow, wow, that was a close call. And I remember thinking, well, man, one day I'd like to know what this Mark of the Beast thing is, you know. I mean, because nothing happened, maybe there was nothing to the movie. A few months later, it's Halloween. And by the way, what was God doing? He was planting seeds. 
a few months later, it's Halloween, and um, we're about to go trick-or-treating, and I'm at my friend's house. My brother and I, are at, we're at our friend's house right around the corner, and my father pulls up just when we're on our bikes about to take off. So my brother and I are kind of like, what's dad doing pulling up? So he pulls up, and we're like, hey, dad, and he's like, uh, you guys get in the car. And we're like, get in the car. Dad, we're about to go trick-or-treating. He was like, you're not going trick-or-treating. Halloween is the devil's holiday. Now, you have to understand, I'd never heard my father use the term devil before. So apparently what had happened is I have an aunt who is Pentecostal. And apparently he was talking to her. And she convinced him that Halloween was the devil's holiday. And we're like, Dad, please. Can we talk about this? Get in the car. We get in the car. Where are we going, Dad? You're going to church. <laughs> Dad, not on Halloween. <laughs> Please don't make us go to church. My dad takes us to the Pentecostal church, drops us off. <laughs> so my brother and I are sitting there fuming with anger. And the church is showing this movie called The Cross and the Switchblade about gang members who are giving their lives to Jesus. And I remember watching the movie and I'm thinking to myself, wow, gang members giving their life to this guy named Jesus? And I think one day I might want to know who this Jesus is. And I remember this heavy sense of conviction that began to come over me. And like by the end of the movie, I was like, I think I want to be a Christian. And that conviction lasted about five minutes till I stepped outside the church. I was like, oh, I'm glad I'm out of there. <laughs> but God was doing what? Planting seeds. So we're in high school now, and you know, we're kind of, we're getting deeper into the hip-hop culture. In the 10th grade, we moved from New York to Virginia. Now, in Virginia, my brother and I, you know, we had left an all-black school. We get to Virginia, and it's an all-white school that we're attending. So, you know, my brother and I, literally, we get there on the first day, and the principal, you know, came up to us and said, um, may I help you? <laughs> it was like, we were like, you know, I mean, we didn't think of anything. We were like, you know, whatever. Um, but, you know, what we did was we kind of took advantage of it. We were like, you know, we were the only ones from New York, you know. We were like, we're from New York, what? <laughs> you know, and the people were like, oh, wow, you guys are from New York, what? New York? And we were like, yeah, New York, what? You know, so we just kind of walked around. We just took advantage of it, like, yeah, we're, yeah. You know, at the same time, there was another guy that had just moved from New York, from Brooklyn, New York, and his name was Sean, Little Sean. My brother's name is Sean. His name was Sean, so we just called him Little Sean. Little Sean was a rapper. My brother and I were into dancing. Little Sean was a rapper, so we said, hey, why don't we form a hip-hop group? So we formed this hip-hop group and started entering talent shows, and every talent show we entered, we'd come in first place. And the kids, our peers, were like, man, you guys are going to be famous. You're going to make, you're going to be big. And we were just like, yeah, let's let that happen before we have to graduate and go off to college because we don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, we want to kind of like live the lifestyle that we're seeing on TV. That doesn't happen, so we graduate, and off I go to college. I'm at Virginia State University in Petersburg, Virginia. My brother goes to Virginia Union University, and little Sean is at Virginia State with me. So when I get to Virginia State University, I, like, totally lose my mind, you know, because I'm out of my parents' house now, and I just go crazy. Uh, I, got, I got a whole bunch of friends, like a whole bunch of friends, and we do nothing but hang out and party, like, all the time. 
We're not going to, I'm not really going to class. I'm paying tuition. I'm not going to class because, uh, you know, my brother and my best friend, you know, we're still continuing our music group. So we're like, yeah, whatever. We're going to be famous one day. So this doesn't matter. So we're spending our time just breakdancing and, you know, uh, 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 rhyming. And, you know, we, we're getting this whole crew of friends. So we end up, I end up with like a, 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 a crew, that's what we called it, of like, you know, 30 to 40 friends, like that we just hung out all the time. And uh, we called ourselves X-Men. You might be able to tell that we were into comic books. <laughs> You know, so we were like, X-Men, you know, we just shouted all the time. We go to clubs, X-Men, I mean, stupid, yeah, anyway, X-Men, you know, just what, what? And so we get into fights, like, like, we just go to clubs, and like, I would attract fights. So, you know, like, people just come up to me, and for like, no reason, like, one, one night, literally, this guy came up to me, I didn't know him, and for no, we were at a party, and he thought I was alone. And he comes up to me, and he's like, what did you say? And I was like, what? He said, what'd you say? I was like, I didn't say. And before I could say, he just took his fist back and just put it right in my face. And my head kind of went back like this. And I looked at him. And I turned my back. And I found my best friend. He was kind of over there. He didn't know I was with like 50 people. And I was like, T, we have beef. (laughs) And I turned back around. And a riot broke out. So that's the kind of, you know, stuff that I was into. And so... You know, we're just living this crazy lifestyle. I begin drinking alcohol and smoking and every, you know, especially the weekends, we're just going crazy. One night, um, a friend of mine invites me to his house and he's like, oh, by the way, at this time, my name is Africa. <laughs> he says, no longer Ivor because Ivor was just, no, by the way, when I was in high school, back, in, back at, um, when I got into 10th grade, my name changed from Ivor because everybody was making fun of it to Passion. What's your name? Passion. <laughs> it's 10th grade stuff, you know? You, you just kind of go through a stage. So anyway, now I'm at college, and now my name is no longer Passion. It's Africa. <laughs> What's your name at Africa? Like, yeah, power to the people, Africa. So anyway, so my friend's like, yo, Af, yo, Af, you got to come and, you know, he's talking about Come hear this song. So I'm like, what song does he want me to hear? I go over to his house, and I don't know if you know what house music is, but uh, it's like a real heavy, repetitive, like, it's a dance music. So he calls me over to his house, and he puts on this song, and this guy is speaking in a demonic voice. But he's, he's reading something that sounds like familiar, even though I didn't know where it was. It sounded like it was the Bible. And what ends up, ends up happening is that he was reading the book of Revelation. He was reading about the seals. And I remember him reading, you know, and lo and behold, I opened the sixth seal. And lo, there was a great earthquake. And, the, and when I heard it, something about it gripped me. I was like, is this what the Bible says? So that night I got this idea. I was like, man, why don't we like... I called up my friends. I said, hey, why don't we read through the whole book of Revelation in one night? So like 40 of my friends got together with a Bible, marijuana, and alcohol. (laughs) What? Wow. We passed the Bible, and the whole night we read through the book of Revelation. Hi. Do you see this? Wow. What was God doing? 
he was planting seed. <laughs> I could just imagine God going, <sighs> angels, just go help him out, please. We entered a talent show. We, after that night, we said, we know what we're going to do. We're going to be that deep group. We're going to like put lyrics from Revelation in our raps. We're going to be deep. So we began doing this. We entered a talent show at Howard University, and we came in first place at that talent show. Uh, as a result of that, we had uh, scouts come to us and say, hey, if you record a six-album demo, we'll take it to New York City, shop it for you. It ended up happening that in six days, we got a major recording contract with EMI Records. Eight-album contract. We're, we are now a mom, dad. Uh, we got a record deal, and we're dropping out of school. They're like, no, you're not. We're like, mom, dad, this is serious. $800,000. We have made it. We're dropping. Can, can you give us at least one semester just to show you that we got a record deal? Our managers called up our parents. They explained to them, listen, this is real, da, da, da. My parents said, okay, you get one semester. If it doesn't work out, you're going back to school. We're like, yeah, okay, good. <laughs> so we left, and like almost all of our 40 friends, 30 friends, left with us. You know, it's four people in a group. <laughs> but you see, they had groups too, so we were like, man, yo, we're going to hook you up. <laughs> so we all left. So here we are in New York City, like just 30 of us, you know, dreadlocks, pants sagging. You know, and, and now, by the way, at this time, my name was now Yoda. <laughs> I got to explain. Because you see, Yoda was wise. So I was like, man, you know, the, man, we, we're just going to be that deep intellectual group. So my name was Yoda. My brother's name was Jedi. <laughs> so off we go to New York City. We're living the life. We're partying. We're doing all these things. You know, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, we're up. We're just like, you know, we're, we're, we're just writing music, like just living a lifestyle, uh, 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 drinking, smoking, all these things. And... No. <laughs> no, no, no. Because in our, in our Creation Week story, don't worry, this, this is going to take shorter than you think, but in our Creation Week story, what happens after there was, uh, you know, without form, the earth was without form and void and darkness? The Bible says the Spirit of God, what? Moved upon the face of the waters. Do you remember when God began to move in your life? in a visible way, and I'll share that with you now. See, we're in this house, and we're partying, just living it up, and there's this guy who was who hanging out with us. He was introduced to us by another guy, and, you know, we're all, like, dreadlocked, hanging out, smoking, all that stuff, but what we don't know about this guy is that he's a Seventh-day Adventist. He's about 18 at the time. I'm like 19 to 20. We're all around this age. And I remember one night we're sitting down and we're all just, you know, talking and stuff. And, and we begin talking about the New World Order because that was kind of the cool thing to talk about. New World Order. You know, hip-hop. Yeah, it was that kind of thing. And, and I remember this night this guy says to us, hey, so let me ask you something. What day do you think the Sabbath is? Like he just came straight out. And I, you know, I'm thinking that's a really disconnected question. You know, we all kind of looked at him, and we were smoking. We were like, Sunday, everybody knows that. And then he's like, um, 
He says, what's the first, no, he said, what's the, uh, what's the uh, first day of the week? No, what's the seventh day of the week? No. What's the first day of the week? And we were like, Sunday. And he was like, what's the seventh day of the week? And we were like, Sunday. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> and this guy, from memory, begins to break down scriptures to us. Like that night. And, and I, I, I'm thinking to myself, I mean, I don't know why it hit me so heavy, but I'm thinking, wait a minute, everybody goes to church on Sunday. What are you talking about the Sabbath is on Saturday? And it was like the, the Holy Spirit was able to penetrate that den of smoke and just garbage and just grab a hold of our minds. That night, we ended up having like a three-hour Bible study, like 30 of us, 2 o'clock in the morning. From that night on, had you come into that house, you would have seen 30, like, dreadlocked, pants-sagging, <laughs> like, scattered across the floor of our living room, studying the Bible and still smoking our marijuana. Because, you know, God said that all herbs were blessed. So here we are studying and studying and studying, and then one day we finally ask, yo, man, man, what are you? And he says, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. A what? What is that? And he begins to explain, and we're like, we're coming to church with you this Saturday. So, imagine with me, if you will, <laughs> 20 to 30, dreadlocked, pants sagging, gum chewing, hoodlum looking, <laughs> just walking up in the church. <laughs> we were so excited. To be in church, we did not notice the people's look. <laughs> we sit down, and the pastor would say something like, Beloved, remember, Jesus loves you. My friends and I would be like, What? Did you hear that? <laughs> what? And we look around, and everybody was like this. <laughs> and we'd be like, did they not just hear what the pastor said? Tithe! He said tithe. Nobody ever told us about tithe. And the reaction was much like in here, like, and? <laughs> we were like, yeah, these people don't even know. <laughs> Beloved, remember, the seventh day is the Sabbath. <gasps> he said it. He said it. The, kid, the guy that brought us in, he said it. He said just what you said. Wow. <laughs> Let me tell you something. 
Our friend could have easily deceived us. We could have followed him like he was the Christ. Because we just thought he was the, man, how do you know all this stuff? We thought he was the only one that knew all this stuff. <laughs> we could have easily been like, D, we, we will follow you. You, you are the chosen one. And when, when we followed that other people, we were like, other people know this too, yes! <laughs> and so we, were so we were so excited. You know, we be, what we began to do, we began to take the, we said we're going to take the three angels' messages and put it in our hip-hop music. We are going to be the hip-hop messengers of the three angels' messages to the world. So we'd be on, in clubs on Friday night, Rhyming our hearts out. Yeah, you know. <laughs> we, and we do things like this. Well, first of all, we'd be like, you know, what are you doing in Babylon? Get out of the clubs. <laughs> and we'd also do things like this. We'd, we'd be like, who wants to know who the man of sin is? Throw your hands in the air. And everybody would throw their hands in the air, and then we'd start throwing out great controversies. We were sincere, beloved. We were just, we were serious. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, after the party, you know, there's always that girl thing, you know, so sometimes girls would be like, you know, hey, can we come back to the room with you? They'd be like, oh, you want to come back to the room with us? All right. All right. You want to come back to the room with us? Okay. Come on. <laughs> we get back to the room. Uh, lock the door. Bam! Open your Bibles. All right. <laughs> We're about to have a Bible study. Okay, now, no, no, no. Sit down, sit down, sit down. Now, the Bible says. <laughs> God said, let there be light. <laughs> and there was light. Day two, the Bible says that God separated the waters from the waters. And you know what's interesting? The, the analogy was made this morning. What do waters represent? Peoples, nations, multitudes, and tongues. There was a separation. And beloved, something began to happen in our lives because, like I told you, I began wondering, God, why aren't these people listening to us? We're trying to warn them that the world is coming to an end. Father, we are going into the clubs and telling them to come out of it. And God said to, to me, my son, you cannot call people out of Babylon if you are still in Babylon yourself. My brother and I came to, to the conclusion that we had, and I'm making this real fast, but God began to show us some things about the entertainment industry, that light and darkness could not dwell together. See, the name of our group was Boogie Monsters. <laughs> and uh, at first we were like, you know, yeah, Boogie Monsters, well, you better be scared. But after we became Christians, then it was like, well, Okay, um, boogie monsters, boogie monsters. Okay, people are afraid of what they don't understand, and while we look like worldly people, we're Christians. Anyone buying that? Yes, okay, great. That's why we call ourselves boogie monsters. <laughs> and we just go with that. Yeah, people don't know what they're... And then someone wrote us a fan, uh, fan letter and said, why do you call yourselves... The Bible says light and darkness can't dwell together. Why are you calling yourselves boogie... I love your music, but why, why are you calling yourselves boogie monsters? And we kind of laughed at the letter. Oh, man, this guy, who is this guy? 
Later that night, we all met together. I think we need to change the name of our group. <laughs> Went into the record label. They looked at us and said, you guys are crazy. And it was at that moment that I realized, hmm, a Christian working for Babylon cannot really get that far if Babylon owns them. And so as a result of that, and, and, and as a result of some things that God began to show me about the entertainment industry, by the way, I didn't say this, um, as a result of that young man, uh, about 20 to 25 of us ended up getting baptized into the Seventh-day Adventist church. Yeah. But then the time came where God said, okay, uh, enough winking. I'm now showing you more light, and you need to separate and I began thinking, Lord, you know, what do you mean separate? And he was like, look, these things you need to get, you need to cut off. If you truly want to follow me, you cannot walk in, in darkness while claiming to be in light. My brother and I made the decision that we were going to leave the music industry behind. Now, let me tell you this. My parents, who had now be, began to celebrate that their children had made it famous. We were on MTV, Soul Train, Rap City, you know, all of it. And my parents were like, look at our kids. They've made it big. And now we're coming home. Mom, Dad, guess what? You'll never believe who the Antichrist is. And they're like, huh? And we're spewing all this stuff out to them. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And you know what they began to do? My parents, who, do not, who did not go to church, began to pray for us. Our children have gone crazy. <laughs> so now we're telling our parents, you know, we're, we're cutting this off. We're, we're not doing this anymore. Now, I dropped out of school, so I didn't have anything to go back to. I went to work at Target, making $5.50 an hour. My brother went to work for the government holding stop signs. Now, we had gone back to Virginia, so there were people in the community that knew us. So my brother would be on the streets like. <laughs> and the people would be like. And my brother. <laughs> I, on the other hand, you know, I'm working in Target, and, you know, people come in, and they'd be like, Yoda! And I'd be like, well, you know, yeah, I'm here because I gave it up for Jesus. What? You know? I mean, I was just proud of it. Let me tell you, beloved, it's amazing. It's amazing. I still have the same issues. Remember I was talking about how people, were, you know, like how we were getting excited and people were looking at us like, what are you getting so excited about? Beloved, let me tell you, it's amazing that so many Adventists are sitting on such a treasure and they're treating it like, what? Huh? So what are you getting so excited about? I was willing to walk away from all that, $800,000. I mean, I knew that I had things I needed. 800, I said, you know what? Nope, I'm walking away. The Bible says on day three that God brought fruit forth from the earth. <laughs> Beloved, God began to produce a new me. You see, the fruit of wickedness was what at one time was coming for me, but now God was bringing forth the fruit of righteousness. I remember, you know, my brother and I were, I remember my brother and I having a discussion. My brother said to me one day, you know, um, I think that if we're like really going to be good Seventh-day Adventists, we need to stop cursing. And I was like, Sean, 
Don't be ridiculous. Come on. Like, who then can be saved? Like, that's how bad our mouths were. I was like, Sean, come on, man. You're going a little bit too far now, okay? Saved by faith. Your grace. <laughs> and then afterward, it hit me. I was like, you know what? Wait, if I'm a Christian, I do need to stop cursing. And I don't know how it happened, but it was like God just took it away. And, and I remember that, you know, the way that I used to walk. I mean, I had trained myself for years, you know, okay? Dip, dip, dip. All right, all right, you got it? Dip, dip, dip. Years, just years and years of practice, the dip, the dip, the dip. And now I'm like, wait a minute, if I'm really like, I've got to get all that, that street out of me. And I slowly, it was a slow process. Lord, please. Oh. Help me to walk straight. <laughs> oh. But things began to change. And people began to see this change in me. And then it's beautiful because the Bible says on day four, beloved, that God created the sun, the moon, and the stars to serve for lights and for times and for seasons, for direction. Do you know that the Bible is the light by which we are guided? God gave me a new guide in my life. He, he gave, what is the sun called, by the way? It's called the what? The greater light. Yeah. Beloved, I had a new guide in my life. The greater light. Somebody has, have a book I could hold up? <laughs> no, 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 no. I need a red book. <laughs> I got the black book here. I need a red book. <laughs> the greater light? Uh, okay. No, 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 no. That's just a... Oh, man. Spirit of prophecy. Somebody. <laughs> Amen. Amen. God gave me the greater light, the word of God, and the lesser light, the spirit of prophecy. And let me tell you, the first time that I read Ellen White, I was like, oh, yeah, she's a prophet, hands down. No question. This woman is inspired of God. I had a new guide in my life, beloved. The word of God was now my guide. The, 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 the spirit of prophecy, I began to read it, and I'm like, what? Who was this woman? You know, on that fourth day, where the Bible says that God created the stars, I'll tell you something interesting. You know, I was a, I was a Star Wars fan, because my name was Yoda. <laughs> and then I began to realize, wait a minute, wait a minute, what? Wait a minute. The Bible says the devil cast a third of the stars out of heaven. That, those were angels. And that he wanted to exalt his throne above the stars of God. Those were angels. And I said, wait a minute. The stars of God were fighting against the stars of the devil. <gasps> Star Wars. <gasps> the first Star War was in heaven. <gasps> That's a counterfeit that Hollywood has produced. Whoa. 
And beloved, I began to, I began to trace this theme of, of, of the star war. And I saw how, how the prophet of, of, of Balaam had prophesied that a, that a star was coming. <laughs> And so Israel had been looking for this star. Uh, we might say there was a star search. <laughs> but beloved, when that star came, all of Israel was ignorant. There were only three, well, there were only wise men who saw his star. And as a result of that star, beloved, Jesus says, I'm going to create stars like the stars of Abraham. Guess who they are? You. And you know what he says of these stars? They that turn many to what? Righteousness shall shine as the stars forever. So, beloved, God has his stars and the devil has his stars. And there's a star war going on right now on earth. And I thought to myself, what are the odds of me calling myself Yoda and now leaving the dark side? Beloved, on day five, oh, by the way, this book, I wanted my parents to be saved. I studied this book so much because my parents were like, you're crazy. I studied this book so day and night. You want to know, Pastor, how you, day and night. When I didn't have this book in my hand, I was studying it in my head. I would be at Target and I'd be picking up boxes and I'd pick up a box and I'd go, ooh, and I'd pull out my pad, put my pad back in my pocket, and finish putting the box up. Like, literally, I was studying around the clock. Like, you know, I had set times of study, but I was studying around the clock. I'd be sleeping and go, oh, 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 yeah, there, there, oh, oh, And, beloved, let me explain something to you, you know. I came from the hip-hop, the hip-hop industry, you know. And, and in the hip-hop field, it was like, you know, if you're going to say something that somebody else said, it was called, anybody know? Biting. And I remember when I came to the Bible, I was like, Lord, you know, show me. I didn't consciously, it was just like, Lord, well, show me a different way of seeing the same truth. And so I just began, like, studying like that. Okay, Lord, I see it. This is plain. But is there a different way that I can see this? Are there other ways to prove the same truth? And God would just begin to show me. And I just, you know, it was just like my hip-hop days. You know, I'd write some lyric, and I'd be like, <laughs> God has just taken that same excitement and now put it into his word. Yes. So day five, guess what God's create? God creates. He creates the fish and the birds. If you read Ecclesiastes chapter 9, I believe it's verse 11, the Bible says that the... Let me ask something. What is the first thing that God does, Jesus does, after he calls you out of darkness, equips you with the word of God, brings fruit in your life? What does he call you to do? He calls you to be what? Fishers of men. But I would listen to me. Little did I realize that God was going to call me and my brother to be ministers of the gospel. Like, I had no clue. I didn't leave the music industry to say, I think I want to go be a minister. I left saying, you know what, uh, God, whatever happens, and suddenly I find God using me to, to witness to this person here, witness to that person there. My parents thought I was crazy. They argued with me for three years and then got baptized. 
My older brother thought I was mad. He argued with me for three years, four years, then got baptized. His wife, baptized. Three years ago, I was at a church in Atlanta. My cousins came to my cut. My aunt, my two aunts came to see me. Oh, our little nephew. Let's go listen to him preach. A year later, baptized. (laughs) Went out to Canada the other day. Had an aunt come. Oh, this is my little nephew. Let's go here. Let's support him. Two months from now, she'll be baptized. (laughs) Beloved, when God calls you, when he equips you, he says, follow me, and I will make you what? Fishers of men. On day six, I'm trying to speed this up now. So on day six, the Bible says that God made man in his image. The Bible also says that God gave man dominion over the beasts. Beloved, listen to me. God's ultimate goal is to recreate you in his image and to give you dominion over the beast. And when that work is complete, then comes the seventh day. Where God sets his seal of completion upon you. You're a finished work. It's time to seal you. Beloved, I want to make an appeal very quickly. What day of the week are you in? Where are you? Some of you may be finding yourselves before day one has even started. You're still in darkness. Void. Without form. Are you camping out in day two? I've been baptized. Woohoo! How long ago were you baptized? Ten years ago? What are you doing now? Oh, nothing, just still rejoicing in my baptism. Have you won any souls? No. Do you know any more about the Bible than you did ten years ago? No. Where are you? Do you know that God is ultimately trying to lead you to the seventh day? In more ways than one? Beloved, my appeal to you is this. If you are still in darkness, without form and void, God is hovering over you right now. And if you will listen closely, you will hear him say, let there be light. Walk in the light. you have the light. There's someone here today who is saying, Lord, that's me. I'm in darkness. I was in darkness. And now, Lord, I want you to to take me through that week. I want the seal of God upon me. Lord, that's me. That is my story. I've been in darkness and now I want to be in light. There's someone in here that will stand and say, Lord, that's me. Very specific. I'm not asking for everyone to stand. I'm asking specifically. This is me. That's me, Pastor. I'm in darkness. And I need to walk in light. Amen. Amen. Beloved, don't let this weekend be another waste. God's Spirit is hovering here right now. 
and there may be some other young person who, or, or older young person who's like, man, if I stand, people think, people think I'm in day six. I'm really in day one. Beloved, now is the time. Let the Spirit of God move upon you. Hear his voice say, let there be light. And I guarantee you, can I tell you something? <laughs> you know, I, I'm an ex-rapper. You know how many people God is making, God is, God is making ex-punk rockers and ex-drug dealers and ex-gangbangers. Do you understand what God is doing? It hit me. <laughs> but understand this, beloved, because the letter X was used in old times to represent Jesus Christ. That's why you see like Xmas, Christmas. And then it hit me. God wants us to be X-Men. Lord, was the devil playing me back then or what? <laughs> Praise God. That he's making X-Men and X-Women. Beloved, I want to make just one more. Hold this out for one more moment. If you need to stand, say, here I am, Lord. Move upon me. I'm tired of an empty, void, dark, formless existence. Please, Lord. Here I am. Move upon me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your amazing grace, your amazing power to move upon hearts and to make new creations. Thank you, Lord, for what you are doing as you hover over us. Seal us and declare us your finished work. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. This message was recorded and produced by Power of the Lamb Ministries. Our mission is to help prepare God's people for the soon coming of Jesus Christ by pointing to the supernatural power of the Lamb of God that gives us the experience of victorious Christian living. For more information on our multimedia resources or inquiries on speaking engagements, please log on to our website at www.powerofthelamb.com. That's www.powerofthelamb.com. Thank you and God bless.